WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's an exciting time. So let's hop right in. Obviously, uh, on Friday night was when we got the official news uh, that Kalen DeBoer had been hired to be the next head coach of the University of Alabama football team. Uh, obviously, Saturday comes the press conference, his official introduction. Um, so, you know, now that we've had a couple days to kind of collect our thoughts, kind of let everything soak in, how are we feeling about uh, the hiring of Kalen DeBoer? Um, I like I I still really like the hire. Um, I guess in those couple of days, obviously Alabama has um lost quite a bit of talent on the roster. So I guess I'm I'm hoping that he can kind of turn that ship around and not you know lose too much. Um, you know Isaiah Bond's going to be a pretty big loss. Uh, Nye Black had a really good season. Um, you know out of that tight end spot late, so you know he's going to be a big miss. But yeah, I'm still I'm still really excited. I mean I think he's still a really good coach. Uh, I mean, Nick, me and you talked about it on, uh, what was it, Friday? Um, and, you know, just, just his track record as a winner is, you know, kind of undeniable. So I'm still really looking forward to it, but I'm hoping some of these, you know, recruits kind of re-up a commitment or guys stay longer. So, um, yeah, still, still optimistic, though. Yeah, so I'm... Um I really like the hire, obviously, when I was here for the the first emergency one we kind of gave out who we wanted uh, to get the job. Um, You know, I voiced my, you know, opinion on a couple other coaches. That didn't happen. But Greg Burns says, this is the guy, this is the guy. And, you know, he hasn't been wrong um, with his other hires so far. Obviously, he is not Nick Saban. We can't expect him to come in and immediately start winning national championships but he's in a he's in a good situation you know the program's in a good spot I know there have been players that had already transferred out obviously Isaiah Bond transferred after Nick Saban retiring and he said that it was 100% because of the Nick Saban retirement and then he didn't even respond to the new coaching staff trying to get in contact with him which I didn't like but hey he's uh out in Texas you know driving Lamborghinis now so um Nye Black he has not officially signed anywhere so maybe he could still rejoin the team if not you know we have a good tight end recruit coming in and Odom and then you know my biggest worry with the hire with you know with nowadays with the transfer portal we haven't seen an Alabama coaching hire with the transfer portal with NIL and that's why even Greg Byrne said you know you have to move fast and get this stuff done so within 48 hours already have the new coach hired and as soon as he was hired the entire coaching staff on RollTide.com was taken off it was just Kalen DeBoer obviously with him coming in nobody's job was secured now we do have a report from Chris Lowe on ESPN saying uh, people that are expected to be there nothing official from the university yet but uh, Ryan Grubb, Washington's offensive coordinator, who took a team in 2021 that was averaging 21.5 points per game and 323.4 yards per game. And then in 2022, it was up to 39.7 points per game, 515 yards per game. And then this past year, 36 points per game, 462 yards per game. And then they were in the national championship, lost to Michigan. And then also Jamarcus Shepard, wide receivers coach, uh, Jarrett McElwain, 
uh, son of Jim McElwain, former Alabama offensive coordinator, um, director of scouting. And then we have Nick Sheridan, who that is the offensive uh, – no, that's not – Scott Huff is the offensive line coach. Nick Sheridan, um, he is um, tight ends coach for – used to be Washington hopefully he is this is an accurate report and he will be the new tight ends coach for Alabama so with these hirings that are tentative uh, coming over from Washington um, hopefully they can get in and actually show the players what the direction of the team is going to be other than the head coach so we don't have more people transfer they still have what is it, 25 days? I don't know the exact time. They had 30 days from the retirement that they could enter the transfer port on leave. And then, obviously, there have been a couple of recruit decommitments. Um, Ryan Williams and Jamie French, uh, the two main ones, five-star wide receivers. But now that they know who the offensive coordinator is going to be and the wide receivers coach, as long as it's officially announced by the university, it's a, it, lo- it looks to be headed in the right direction. I just want everything to become finalized. And like uh, Scott Huff, uh, the offensive line coach that's coming in, uh, Washington did just win the Joe Moore Award for best offensive line. So I know you know, people that watched the game in the national championship might have saw how Washington struggled with Michigan. Alabama's line also struggled with Michigan. Michigan's defensive line front was uh, very good um, with the bigger bodies that you will have at Alabama. I know they, they might recruit a little differently. It might not be the same size, but Alabama usually does have some bigger guys come in on the line. So should be a little bit easier of a job when you start facing those big defensive fronts. Right. So, you know, my personal reaction to DeBoer's hiring, you know, look, a winner everywhere he's been. At every level, he's shown that he's a winner. Right. Which if you're Greg Byrne, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody who can come in and take a roster that just went to the semifinal and came within three minutes of taking down the eventual national champion um, and win immediately. Right. Uh, There was a a joke thrown around. One of the TV reporters uh, told DeBoer that the students had given him three games. And he said, I got that many. He understands um, the kind of pressure that comes with coming to a place like Alabama and having to follow up the greatest coach of all time. Um, And so I I think that's going to serve him well. Um, I liked the hire when we found out about it uh, on Friday. I talked openly on the show about how much I liked the hire. After uh, the press conference and having gotten to, you know, hear him take some more questions from the media kind of get a feel for him better and hear from greg Byrne as well i I love this hire right um it does seem to me like this was greg Byrne's first choice uh he spoke about how pretty much immediately after uh they had found out that saban was going to retire he never gave us an exact date or time as to when he knew that saban was going to retire but he did say that he was pretty open in his communication um Byrne had been on the road immediately uh, headed out to Seattle and I believe interviewed DeBoer the next day Um, and I I mean he should be your first choice uh, in my in my opinion you know Um, 
is a winner everywhere he's been. He's probably the the hot new thing in in coaching. Ha- doesn't have a lot of um, hasn't been all over the place really. He's only had a, a couple of different jobs: Fresno State, then went to Washington, um, and now he's the head coach at Alabama. Insane rise, but um, you know after having to get s- to spend some more time with him, uh, I I'm only more impressed than I was. Um, after the hire was announced uh seems like a seems like the kind of guy who you want leading your football team um and you know it was always going to be hard to hire nick saban's replacement right Uh, not even replacement right it's impossible to replace the goat but um seems like you got the right guy um who is going to come in and bring uh a really fresh and exciting offense uh, to Alabama, which is something we haven't been able to say in a while. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, you know, when 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 the hire happened, you know, I was like you, I, I like the hire. I had nothing against Kalen DeBoer. My thing was, who does he get for those other coaching positions? And seeing the reports that now it would be uh, Ryan Grubb, who did call plays at Washington last year. We know DeBoer is a offensive minded coach, but having that guy that still called plays with him at Washington, if he is coming in, right, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a similar offense to what you saw at, with Alabama under like a Steve Sarkeesian. It's not going to be the same offense. Like it's going to be that type of offense like Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, um, that people have been begging at Alabama for the last couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's not like, it's not just like he got his offensive coordinator either. You know, yeah. he's got all the pieces. He got his wide receivers coach. Uh, you know, he brought in his O line coach, which I think that is an extremely underrated part yeah. of that. You're talking yeah. about uh, Washington, who had the best offensive line in the country uh, this season, um, and that's with a caliber of athlete, um, uh, with a non SEC caliber yeah. of athlete. So just imagine what uh, he can cook up yeah. uh, with some of the talent that Alabama has. And- and then you th- you think, oh, he's bringing in all these Washington guys. What does he do? He knows how good Alabama running backs have been, so he keeps uh, Gillespie as the as the running backs coach. See, and I, I think that's genius because I think you're you have a way better chance of keeping a lot of those backs there, uh, keeping uh, the ones that the, haven't left. Yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And sorry, Nick, you've been trying to make a point. Go ahead. Uh, you, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was you're just going to say. Uh, I I just found this. It was kind of an interesting stat. So his last couple of of uh, gigs we talked about when it was Fresno State and Washington now before Alabama and I was I was just kind of perusing the internet here looking at kind of what his quarterback play was like at these schools because that's what he was known for he was a QB coach for Michael Penix at Indiana and then became his head coach at Washington uh, in the past three seasons he's never had a quarterback throw less than 30 touchdowns in the season so in 2021 uh the fresno state bulldogs had jake hayner as their quarterback he threw for over 4,000 yards at 33 touchdowns nine interceptions Penix in back-to-back years hit over 4,500 yards 30 30 plus touchdowns uh last you know this past season he did have 11 picks but you know consider Jalen Milrow with Tommy Reese as his OC had 23 touchdowns, um, I believe total. Uh, or sorry, no, just passing, and then uh, six interceptions. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for a guy like Milrow who already had a really good season this past year, especially late. Um, now you're getting a, a quarterback kind of 
whisperer in a sense. And here's the thing, right? So there were several questions directed at DeBoer that were clearly like trying to get the vibe on how he felt about Milrow. He was specifically asked um, in the breakout, um, he was asked what he looks for in a quarterback. And he specific, he talked about how Alabama had won with all types of different quarterbacks, guys that were run first, guys that were pure pocket passers. And he talked a lot about, in his comments uh, at the public part of the press conference, about adaptability and being able to adjust his style of offense to the athletes uh, that he has at his disposal. So I think, you know, if you're a guy like Jalen Milrow, who uh, showed up to the team meeting the other night and was giving the fans a roll tide and, you know, he was ready to go. Um, you know, I think you're very excited if you're a guy like Jalen Milrow, especially mm-hmm. if you just saw what he was able to do with Michael Penix. Um you know, a guy that when he was coming out of Indiana was not uh, an NFL caliber talent. And now, you know, he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks off the board. Yeah. Yeah. And like with, with Milrow, you know, you were saying that he was he was going to roll tides. He's already stated that he's not leaving, obviously. Um, that could change in the future right now. He's excited with a new hire. We'll see. I don't know if he'll be the starter next year. We'll have to see how it goes through uh, practices and everything. If there's anybody that transfers in. And then, obviously, the the quarterbacks that are already on the staff that they improve during practices under DeBoer and the new staff. But a lot of people have, you know, questioned Milrose throwing ability, and he was still one of the most efficient passers um, in the nation. He didn't throw it as much as quarterbacks in the past, but he did still finished um, sixth in Heisman voting. Um, he played very well in a lot of key games last season, and. There have been many quarterbacks who have played very poor, and then you have somebody come in at an offense coordinator or even just a quarterback's coach position and turns their whole career around. Like you were talking about Michael Penix when he went to Washington. And then um, also, if you think about um, with um, Joe Burrow at LSU, you know, he was mm-hmm. not very good um, his junior year at LSU. Senior year, you have Joe Brady come in as a passing game coordinator, turned all around. He's Heisman winner, number one quarterback taken, number one pick in the draft. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Milrow, but anybody that's still questioning like, oh, he can't work in DeBoer's system, DeBoer's already told you that he can adjust his, you know, play call, his system. And this could be a good thing for Milrow to improve his quarterback play and then eventually draft stock for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, if you're Jalen Milrow, how good do you have to feel? Because, like, right, if you if the ultimate goal is to be a one of the first quarterbacks off the board, I mean, you just got the golden ticket to prove what you can do to NFL teams. You're mm-hmm. going to be playing in a, in a new Alabama offense that is very uh, modern, looks a lot like the offense is being run in the NFL with the way that uh, Ryan Grubb has utilized motion um so it it's going to be exciting and it's going to be a blast to watch that's for sure when we come back uh here on 90.7 um we we've got so much stuff to talk about so much that we've missed uh here in our in our first episode one thing i gotta say before we go to break though i have to get one more cowboys dig in okay fun fact the last time the cowboys won a super bowl Nebraska, Northwestern, Kansas, Colorado, UVA, and Syracuse all finished above Alabama in the AP poll. Well, yeah, that's a fact. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be right back here on 90.7.
This show is a sports production of WVUAFM 90.7, a division of student media at the University of Alabama. Support us by leaving a review, rating, or following us on X at WVUAFM Sports. Welcome back into the low tide, ladies and gentlemen, here on 90.7 The Capstone. Nicholas, Joe, Adam, talking Alabama football and talking a new era in Tuscaloosa. Kalen DeBoer hired as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide on Friday, introduced on Saturday, and here we are. Um, so let's talk expectations. Obviously, we talked in, in the last segment. I talked about how... Uh, <laughs> A reporter said that uh, Kalen DeBoer had been given three games by the students, and uh, he was surprised that he got that many. It's interesting to note that fourth game would be against Georgia. Hmm. So, on that note, what what are some expectations for Kalen DeBoer as the Alabama head coach? How quickly does he have to win? I I would say. I mean, because this is <clears> – <throat> I mean, this would have been a tough schedule even it, if Saban was still here. I mean, you got Georgia. You got to go to Tennessee. At, you know, got to go to LSU. Got to go to Oklahoma. Missouri's going to be a tough home game for you. Um, I mean, Wisconsin on the road early is not going to be easy. And then, you know, so so it's it's a tough schedule to begin with. But I will say I, I'll give him – I think and in, in the fans will give him – as long as this season it's not a total, you know, disaster. Like, say you go out, you know, make the playoffs, um, you know, maybe you don't win the SEC, but you're still in that kind of, I guess, what, 6 through 12 seed of those. Um, so that would be the floor Yeah, for you, that would, that making would, the playoffs. That would kind of be where I'm like, okay, yeah, like the guy can still win me over even if it's just, a you know, just going to the playoff. Maybe you don't win the championship but I will say that I, within like four years he's probably got to win one national championship at the very least um to I think just to calm down the people because uh, I think if you win one championship you kind of get at that little grace period of of maybe not having um to win them but I think the I mean the fans are going to expect I think a lot of the fans are going to expect you know national championships year one through 15 um uh and I'd just say, you know, get, as long as it's one within his first four, that's probably where I am. And you got to make the playoffs consistently. That's that's kind of the, the obvious one. Yeah, so the expectation at Alabama is championships, whether that be SEC championships, whether that be national championships. We want national championships in Tuscaloosa. That is what they wanted the longest time. That's why Nick Saban was brought in, and he reestablished the standard of winning national championships. And then – over his, um, you know, 17 years at Alabama, there were six national championships won, and there was they hadn't lost, you know, more than three games in a season since his first year, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, once the staff is officially put together and how many players leave, how many players come in, how many recruits that are supposed to be coming in still come to Alabama. But year one, 
I know that Wisconsin game's rough. He needs to be three and zero going into the Georgia game. You have, yeah. you know, you have the um, USF. Uh, I believe that's week two. What was the? You saw it's, the schedule. Pulled it's up. Western Kentucky. So, yeah, so Western Kentucky, South USF. Florida, and Wisconsin. All mm-hmm. within the first three weeks. Wisconsin on the road is tough. You need to win that game. You get the bye week, then you play Georgia. I don't think people are going to call for his firing if he loses to Georgia, especially if Georgia is as good as what we think they're going to be next year. Um, but you need to have the chance to have that two weeks prepare for the game. If, if you do beat Georgia, then all of a sudden everybody's going to be saying that Alabama's win the national championship next year. But like you were saying, with this being the first year of a 12-team playoff, if you don't make it, that's when people are going to start making some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Nick Saban was brought in in 2007, the year before Alabama went six and seven. He started off six and two, and was up at the top of the West for a little bit, and then lost four straight games to end the regular season. Won the bowl game to finish seven and six. But some people were calling into radio shows, calling for Nick Saban to be fired, saying we're paying him this much money to yeah. only win one more game than Chula. Well, now the standard has changed. So if you are not in the playoff, especially in the first year of a 12 team, that Ever since it was announced, people have said Alabama will never miss, you know, the playoff again, which might be a little unreasonable to think forever. But right after you had the greatest coach of all time, as long as you can make the playoff, I think people are going to be happy. Um, If they don't win the SEC, which now, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. It's not just winning the West. You have to be one of those top two teams because they're doing away with the divisions. So... If you do get to an SEC championship game, that's great. If not, if Alabama's able to host a playoff game in that first round, that would be great. I don't want to go say, go win a national championship first year, but if you start off and you beat Georgia, that's what the expect. It's going to be like how uh, they talked about with Colorado once they won three games. It was like, oh, they got to go undefeated now. I don't want that to happen, but that's going to happen if he gets that upset against Georgia. Yeah, and the other quick thing, too, is, you know, the schedules and the SEC is changing as a whole. So you're not going to, you know, realistically, yeah, they are going to add Texas and Oklahoma, but the only three opponents he's going to face every year uh, is Tennessee, LSU, Auburn. Those are the permanent three opponents. So you're not even going to have one of these schedules like you you are next year where you're going to have Georgia on it and you're going to have, you know, Missouri, who's going to be probably a tough game, and Oklahoma on it, along with Tennessee, LSU, Auburn. So, you know, I, I do think that if he can just, you know, maybe, like you said, Adam, kind of just get to the playoff, whether at least just his first season. Yeah. Be, be in the top 12. Yes. That's all we're asking. That's, that's what it is, really. Yeah, um, so much like you two, I think the floor, uh, especially given with how college football is changing, should be make the playoff in your first year. Look, you have a team that just went to the semifinal um, that beat Georgia to win the SEC championship game, and you have a quarterback who will probably be in New York next year for the Heisman. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but going to be one of the top contenders, certainly I believe he's first or second in betting odds um, to win the Heisman this next season. Also, you you look at Alabama's schedule, right? Like – even if we live in a world where a two-loss team can very easily make the playoff, 
especially given if you're in the SEC. There's a world where a three-loss team might make the playoff. It's controversial, right? But, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I saw people saying possibly an eight and four team sneaking in there. <laughs> I don't well, I mean, <laughs> go look at Florida's schedule. Look at the last five games. Let's assume that all, all of those five teams that they play at the end, uh, like – Let's assume that they're all top 10 in the country. If Florida had won every game up until that point and then lost all five of those games by like a field goal, you're going to tell me that they wouldn't be one of the top 12 teams in the country? Controversial, right? But this is the way that we're going to have to start talking. And part of the reason why this is a conversation for a different day, the auto bids thing is ridiculous and needs to be changed immediately. But uh, looking at Alabama's schedule for next season, I mean, what? You've got uh, Georgia at home. That's, that's going to be a tough game. Uh, you, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see once we get into the season, but that, you know, probably would not be shocking if you were to lose that game. Uh, and then the rest of your schedule, I mean, you know, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, the Iron Bowl, that's, that's going to be tough. Yeah, at least, uh, at least Georgia and Auburn's at home. Those other right. ones are yeah. on the road and yeah. Oklahoma. And some say that one of Nick Saban's biggest wins early in his career at Alabama was Georgia. So it could be a little uh, fade again. But team of destiny. As far as like you know long long term expectations, right? There are five active head coaches in the FBS who have won a national championship. So and three of them had to beat Saban on route to doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And only four of those in the the modern playoff era, right? But do like i feel like there's a world where you know we we're looking back on um kalen DeBoer in 15 years and he's won one maybe two national championships and he would be looked at as a disappointment so we probably that, wouldn't be 15 fair? years i i i don't feel i don't feel like that I don't feel like it's fair because it is so hard to win a national championship. And Alabama has been spoiled. I, I, like, let, let's just let's get that out of the way. I mean, you were talking about you had the greatest coach ever, not just in his sport, but maybe in any sport ever, um, with an unbelievable record of dominance. There has not been another coach um, in uh, certainly not in any of our lifetime, uh, lifetimes that has shown that kind of dominance. So are, is it really going to be fair? Because uh, winning a national championship for anybody, like if, if we took the labels off, right, and we were just looking at head coaches at the end of their career, if they had won a national championship, you would say that is a fantastic career awesome yeah but then Kalen DeBoer could very easily like we we look back after he's done at Alabama and after his coaching career is over and he won a national title at Alabama and then people in Tuscaloosa would probably be like oh yeah that was a disappointment should have won more yeah yeah is is that really fair it's, it's not but the good thing about Kalen DeBoer is he already knows that coming in. He 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 kind of spoke about it, you know, at his, his press conferences and stuff where he knows the challenge. He even said, you know, you can't replace him, but it's you know he he knows the challenge coming in, and it's not fair to like if he wins multiple national championships, you know, he'll he'll get a statue out front, but then yeah. people will probably walk by and be like, he wasn't as good as Nick Saban, and it's not really that fair. I'm just hoping that. This is, you know, most 
most teams can't make the coaching change and then, you know, stay at the top. We've seen many teams like Florida when Urban Meyer left. Um, Georgia's one of the few, you know, going from Mark Rick to Kirby Smart. But, like, Ohio State going from uh, Jim Tressel. I know they had the one down year with Luke Fickle back in 2011. Uh, but after that, Urban Meyer and then Ryan Day, where they're consistently at the top. They're consistently ranked in the top ten, you know, in the conversation for championships. That's really all that I can really ask for. I can't ask you to win a national championship everywhere, no matter how much that I would like Alabama to win a national championship every year. Um, I hope that – if he, if Kalen DeBoer does win a championship or a couple of championships, that people won't go around the statue and be like, you know, this was a failure. But Alabama fans are a little, little crazy like that. So, okay, so very quickly, so we can make sure we touch on a couple of topics here. We'll be with you until the top of the hour. Um, six years, six years from now, what would be uh, a successful? career uh, a successful time a successful not career i hope he's here for longer than six years um what would be a successful six-year period what would that look like for kalen DeBoer? Uh, in in terms of national championships sec titles i would say i mean especially with with how the 12 team playoff is and you don't necessarily have to even win the sec to win a national championship anymore I would say if you get two of each over six years, I think that would be pretty successful. Um, you know, if, if you can go in and win over that period two SEC t- titles, two national championships over that six years, maybe even three SEC championships, that might be a little more realistic um, considering kind of the, the talent you should have. Uh, but I'd say – I would say two and two at a minimum, and that would be considered, I think, pretty good, considering, like we talked about, the guy he's following, and you know, you'd still have a pretty crazy run of national titles coming into Alabama. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little difficult with, you know, how many championships that he should win because with the SEC, you know, they're doing away with the divisions. You have Texas and Oklahoma coming in. It's going to be difficult to win an SEC championship. It might even be more difficult to win the SEC championship than the national championship. So, really, don't miss the playoff. It's a 12-team mm-hmm. playoff now. The expectation every year is going to be to make the playoff. So, don't miss the playoff. Um, hopefully, you can win You know, about two SEC championships. Hopefully, more. Um, <sighs> If you don't win a champ, like if you don't win a national championship within the six-year period, I think that is when you might start hearing some of the fans, you know, start voicing their opinions about it. And you know, <laughs> like you were saying, Alabama fans have been spoiling. You know, Nick Saban came in within three years; they were undefeated national champions. So the expectations there, I think, you know, at least win one, uh, but don't miss the playoffs. Okay, so I think I have this right. For Nick Saban in his first six career, first six years at Alabama, three national championships, two SEC titles. Okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I do not think Kalen DeBoer is going to get that in his first six years. Um, 
especially with uh, who the other coaches in the conference are. Right. <laughs> it, like, given how much the uh, competition in the SEC has increased and how much harder it is going to be to win a national championship. We haven't talked about that yet. Uh, you know, formally, you win two games, you're the national champion. Now your road could look a lot different. And not, that doesn't even bring into uh, – bring into account like the fact that you know there's more time for injuries to occur um you know different different stuff like that right less time to get healthy uh, over that full stretch you got to play more games in a season if you're going to go to the national championship yeah, if you don't get the bye week you could potentially be playing a full nfl regular season 17 game so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's crazy um i would say much like you that's a great point don't miss the playoffs Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one year in there. Maybe, if it's going to be a year, it'd probably have to be this first year. Um, and I would say you got to win the you got to win the SEC at least twice. I think uh, over over a six year period, um, especially considering that um, now you know it'll. Yes, the competition is harder. Um, so I feel like. It definitely would be harder now than Saban had it to win the SEC twice in six years. But um, and then I would say one national championship yeah. in a six-year span because I think very quickly, uh, you know, four years since the last national championship here already. Yeah. Um, you know, you would be getting on ten years without a national you, championship, and there might be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there would be, and the other thing too is is that obviously now with just how much kind of media and stuff is out there like you know if he doesn't win one next year in his first season which is going to be a hard ask it would be the first time a recruiting cycle has gone and none of them have won a championship so that's like an immediate you know when that season's over people probably bring that up and you get talked about and i think for DeBoer, anything to help him kind of just from him as a coach, separate from a Nick Saban era stat, like no. you know that's going to be a huge plus. Because I mean, if you talked about the six year period, if he wins, you know, one in ten, just for some comparison, Ohio State slash championship was ten years ago. You know, Auburn's was longer than that. Texas has been waiting forever, it seems. <laughs> um, All the way in uh, two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand and five. You know, it, it it's just. You know, these big programs that you think of as being like, you know, national championship contenders every year, like I said, Ohio State and, and Florida and Texas or whatever, it's, it takes a while and it's really hard. Yeah. It, it was hard to win a national championship. Now it's really hard. Um, so I don't, I don't envy him whatsoever in that job, but I, I do think that the sooner he can establish his own kind of credit in the yeah. bank with, with a championship of some sort – obviously the better yeah that, okay. uh, i just wanted to say yeah that's been a huge like recruiting pitch like if you come and stay for four years you will win a championship if that goes away yeah now you start seeing more recruits you know potentially going the other way and next year we talked about a little bit um before potentially for two playoff games a championship and a quarterfinal that would only be in atlanta so that would be a huge you know, home field as long as you're not playing Georgia. Very similar to the scenario that Texas had lined out for them this year. You're not going to get a better draw. They would have had yeah. a New Orleans and then a Houston national championship. Unfortunate. Um, Bummer. Two quick 
two quick questions I'll, I'll pose here since I think we want to move away from football and maybe finally talk about basketball in the next segment. There's been basketball games played. Did they get a new coach? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. Fortunately. Um, so, two quick questions. A, uh, Alabama has lost two five-star wide receivers since Saban has gone. Now, they, they're not gone, gone, right? Uh, it certainly looks like Ryan Williams might be recommitting, uh, but just today they lost another five-star receiver. Are you worried about that? And B, what would uh, Kalen DeBoer's New Year's resolution be for the Alabama Crimson Tide? Um. All right, I, I, I can go. For, I guess a. Sorry, that resolution one really stumped me. Sorry, did you <laughs> ask if we were going to get them both? No, no, no. Just I'm like, just are you worried, worried about it? Oh, am I worried? That's what it was. Yeah. Um, n- not really. I mean, it's he's been in the program for two days. Um, I'm sure that he's going to talk to them. I'm, I'm worried about them not coming here, but I'm not worried about him in terms of like, oh, he's going to be he's going to lack recruiting. I mean, this is no. I think I think to be honest, a lot of what the decision to decommit from Alabama for those players was the fact that they just wanted to see the program. They didn't want to tie themselves to a program that they weren't 100 percent confident in. And so if DeBoer meets with them and it really hits it off, I have no um, no worries about him getting those guys back. It's just. You know, when you have a guy like Saban retire, you're going to have some fallout and some questioning, uh, whoever you bring in. Um, and then B, I guess, is New Year's resolution. Um, it would probably be, I, I would say, priority would be to fix, his New Year's resolution is to fix the offensive line. Um, I mean, he's bringing in his own, or his, you know, his old offensive line coach from Washington. Alabama has had some struggles, uh, especially uh, with a pretty – um, you know, in that Rose Bowl with, with uh, McLaughlin and, and a couple bad snaps, and um, and I think for him to bring in the guy that won the Joe Moore Award to Alabama would be huge. Although the guy that we brought in from, I believe it was Kentucky, had also just won the Joe Moore Award. So it, I'll wait and see. But in theory, you know, he should have better stuff to work with, better resources, better talent to work with on that O-line. So I think if I'm Kalen DeBoer, that's got to be my priority. Because that was one of the things that really helped Penix was he had some a really good time or a lot of time to throw the ball at Washington. Yeah, so for me, I'm a little worried. You know, I – want to see the rest of the staff come together officially like with announcements from the university that these people have been hired um, and I think that'll do really well for getting those players to uh, recommit if that's what they want to do now uh, Ryan Williams did just take an official visit to Texas A&M um, hopefully he'll change his mind come back he is from Alabama so I think that's a little bit easier um, to get him to recommit now with uh French, I think it's a little more difficult. He's from Florida, and apparently Florida State is pushing hard for him to commit there. And a bunch of Alabama players have already transferred to Florida State. So I could see him signing with them. Um, but really, get the rest of the staff together so that you can actually show these people what they're getting into when they get into the program. And I think we'll be fine once the staff's together. Another thing about it, Alabama's lost – uh, Jermaine Burton, you know, he went to he went to the he's going to the draft. Um, then you had Isaiah Bond just transferred out, and then you had um, was it um, Malik Benson? Yeah, he 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 transferred out. So now Chigori Brooks, 
the Ja'Cory Brooks transferred out as well. He didn't really play a whole lot this year. Hurt early. Don't really know what happened um, behind the scenes um, after he was healthy. But you have people still there that can make a huge impact. Kobe Prentice was very good in his freshman year. Took a step back this last year, but now he could be your number one wide receiver coming back. And hopefully you get those recruits to come back in as well. Maybe some transfers. Who knows? Um, New Year's resolution. I think he spoke on it, you know, at his uh, press conference a little bit where he said, give him a chance, you know, for the, for the team, give him a chance and then show up to work. And like Joe was saying, you know, fixing the offensive line, but really everybody yeah. coming in to work because he knows that there's work to do. Uh, he knows who he's got to play next year, and he knows the expectation of Alabama is to win championships. Okay, so uh, I would say not worried. Um, if you cannot recruit uh, top-tier uh, wide receiver talent, uh, or if you're a top-tier wide receiver and you look at what Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb were able to do at Washington uh, with a bunch of guys who were not NFL talent when they came there, um, yeah. you – I mean, how can you have a better pitch than that? Uh, not to mention the fact that um, – DeBoer seems like a very players first kind of guy um, as far as the New Year's resolution would go hmm, this is interesting and I pose the question um, yeah I would say um, win the SEC I would say that would be oh, that okay. would be quite the quite the statement uh, to make uh, in your very first year to show that you can hang with things. Another, I'll, I'll take a I'll take a lesser lesser bit of a lesser news uh, resolution. Win your first Iron Bowl. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be huge. I was, Hugh home. Freeze is chomping at the bit right now. Yeah, and, yeah. He, and he got it in Bryant, didn't he? Mm. Don't lose that. Yeah, one. you can't <laughs> lose that one. No, and so. and I mean this is also a year. You got Tennessee on the road, LSU on the road, the other two big rivals. I mean, you gotta, you gotta work some magic to uh, appease the fan base. Yeah, if you Vanderbilt on the road. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> the Commodores. Let's see how his first Vandy game. Will the goes. stadium be finished? I will be there. I don't care if it's. Finished. Will the I, yeah? Will it be a Vanderbilt stadium? They should keep <laughs> the cranes. They should hanging up the, the cra- yeah. The that, that could be crazy. What if you hit the crane? With a kick. Five points. Two points. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll be with Vanderbilt you. Vanderbilt gets a win. Uh, we'll be right back uh, here on 90.7. We'll stay with you till the top of the hour, potentially a little bit longer. We'll be right back. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to the low tide here on 90.7 The Capstone. Nicholas, Joe, Adam, we're here. And unlike the weather in Tuscaloosa, we are red hot and ready to go. Um, Here we go. (laughs) No, no, no. Please, no. I can't handle anymore. Um, Now now you just make me want to tell a joke. I I refuse. Maybe before we go out there. Uh, We'll be with you until the top of an hour, potentially a little bit longer. so now we're going to talk basketball. Uh, there have been basketball games going on, uh, contrary to popular belief here in Tuscaloosa. Um, 
just last night gumps in the hump yeah yeah it was uh it's been a pretty solid stretch i mean uh, the last time we actually got on and talked basketball was uh right before the rose bowl so a couple games have happened uh in that span alabama has been uh starting their sec play there's three and oh in it but uh just kind of getting into some of the games uh on this was i believe january saturday the 6th yeah uh alabama defeated vanderbilt it was 78 75 mark sears had 21 points um riley griffin had 16 and the trail right cell had 11 uh so those three combined for uh 48 of the 78 Alabama points, um, which is a pretty incredible stat. Um, and Alabama actually started this game really well. They built up an 18-point lead um, in it, but then Vanderbilt went on a couple runs and and I believe a 9-2 to run outside of that, uh, essentially off the back of the uh, 18-point lead to cut it down. So, you know, Alabama, it, that game was a bit of a struggle um, just to kind of close it. And... Um, you know, but Nate Oates, he's still perfect in Nashville. Uh, he's 4-0 against Vanderbilt. Uh, he's 10-0 overall in games in Nashville, um, including a, an SEC championship uh, and tournament there. So uh, that was the first game on the 6th. Second game uh, was their home opener in the SEC uh, Tuesday, January 9th, before the world stopped for a second uh, in Tuscaloosa. But uh, this game, it was a little more straightforward, uh, especially in the second half. Alabama kind of steamrolled South Carolina. Uh, a really confident South Carolina team who came in 13-1. Alabama won 74-47, uh, outscored the Gamecocks 44-18 uh, in the second half. And this was a game where it was going to be a pretty big test. They did not have Mohamed uh, Wagi there. Uh, starting center and South Carolina took advantage early got some inside buckets kind of out physical to Alabama at halftime or by halftime and then the second half it was it was just all Alabama they opened the half on a 25 to 4 run uh, to jump out of the gates Mark Sears uh, is probably I would I'm kind of ready to start the whole Mark Sears might be the best SEC basketball player. Uh, I'm ready to start that agenda. Uh, he had 31 uh, against the Gamecocks, 10 of 13 shooting with six of eight. Um, you know, and the other, and the big thing too is he grabbed six rebounds, had three assists, uh, three steals. So he's doing it essentially everywhere Alabama needs him to do it. Mark Sears, undeniable bucket getter. Yeah, yeah. Simple. He I'll was, keep it simple incredible uh, he, it was it was great i mean alabama as a whole played really well uh, against south carolina but uh particularly sears i mean he's on pace to have a historic season for alabama um and then just last night like you said humps or sorry whoops <laughs> gums at the hump not oh god uh at the hump respond uh Alabama went into Mississippi State. I'll just start it there. Um, they won 82-74. to 74. Uh, Mark Sears, again, led the team in points with 22. Uh, Latrell Wrightsell has kind of come into his own. He had 19. And then Ryland Griffin with 17. Alabama shot uh, just over 40% from the field in this one. Uh, and this is another one. Alabama kind of... Jumped out a little bit. Mississippi State crawled back, um, which is going to be a, a bit of a common, th- you know, or it's been a common theme for Alabama um, as of late. Again, especially against 
the more talented teams that they've played. But, um, but yeah, just still a really good game. And we talked about this before the Rose Bowl when Alabama was sitting at six and five, coming off of tough losses to you know Creighton and Purdue and and Arizona. And I said the team's six and five, but they could very well be twelve and five before they hit the Tennessee game. And uh, they're on. Yeah, on pace to do that. They got Missouri up next on Tuesday night here in Tuscaloosa at Coleman Coliseum, so the Gumps don't have to go far. Shout out to the Crimson Chaos because I heard that uh, they were substantially louder than the crowd uh, that left pretty early uh, in the hump. So very exciting uh, for them. Shout out to them. Yeah, they've been really good. I mean, the whole student section is kind of the highlight of Alabama basketball crowds. Um so, yeah, Nate Oates has it's commented on it. He loves it. The players love it. So, yeah. So, hopefully they can feed off of it just a little more. Um, you know, Alabama seems to be pretty dominant. They've, they've only lost one game at home. They're 7-1. and one, um, And a lot of those wins are by pretty substantial numbers, albeit against some pretty, some pretty bad teams. But, guys, I, I thought Alabama basketball stunk. Yeah, they're, they're Turns seasons. out Ken Palm might be right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. That's the thing with this team. Yeah, and all their all their losses. You know, you had the you had the three in a row that was you know top ten uh, ranked teams at the time with uh, Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona, yeah. and should have at least won one out of the three. You know, they had they had chances, weren't able to do it. And then the other losses, um, they lost to Clemson. Who Clemson? Um, I'm not sure if they're still ranked. I know they were ranked as of last week. I believe they. Still and are. then. You had uh, the Ohio State game, who was not ranked, but they were receiving votes, just like Alabama is right now. And I think Alabama should jump back into that top 25 if they keep doing what they're doing. Obviously, they will. And the last two undefeated teams in the SEC are Alabama and Auburn, and they have a matchup within the next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, that game on the 24th is going to be huge. Um, And I think another really big game for them is going to be coming up – this Missouri game is, is going to be big. Obviously, you want to stay perfect in the SEC. You Do want they to introduce in the Brad. football coach of that game? Mm. Potentially, maybe, or do they do it against Auburn? Could be a whole. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, I think you gotta wait. Honestly, I don't you gotta know, wait. He, till that place he was just out. hired, so maybe. I mean, to be honest, your logic might be everyone's going to Auburn anyway. Let's get people to the Missouri game. Uh, yeah, as long as he get has him, his staff together by then. Get him. Well, that is true. <laughs> yeah, he might. He might be out on the trail. Um, but I, I do think Alabama, they have a really big game coming up against Tennessee on the 20th before they play Auburn and after they play Missouri. And uh, that's on the road in Knoxville. Alabama has looked shaky on the road. I kind of talked about how they've been pretty good at home, but, you know, all of their, you know, all except one of their losses have been on the road. And it's been, you know, Vanderbilt's been able to come back on them a little bit, uh, uh, you know, when Alabama's on the road. Mississippi State kind of hung around in that game for a little bit so yeah it's going to be that's kind of where I'm going to decide how really how good the Alabama team is because you've gotten your tests out of the way this is like a conference big time conference game on the road in Knoxville can you get it done there and then it'll be interesting to see how they play against Auburn okay Real quick, late late night eight eight does eight count as late night? Uh, kind of depends. Late late hour, uh, low tide after dark thought. Okay, two thoughts. A the uh, potential video uh, Alabama marketing. You can send the uh, nil checks my way. Um, 
the video of a potential video of Kalen DeBoer uh, dapping up Nate Oates that would feed the gumps for years. And also, second, you got to get Kalen DeBoer in the student section for oh, the Auburn game. Yeah, that would be amazing. Could you imagine? I, I totally think he would do it too. Real talk. I mean, he does have the personality for it. Exactly. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, this could be – it could be a blast. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you got it there against Auburn, place is going to go nuts. And, yeah, I believe – and Yeah, maybe this time the Alabama's basketball team won't fall down 17 against them. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. So, Yeah. So I I think that's gonna do it for us. I, unless anybody has anything like you know, I will just throw out a quick thing. You know, we were loaded with you know the new football coaching news, and then we wanted to get you caught up on basketball. Uh, gymnastics also started um, two meets mm-hmm. so far, won both of them. So the first one they had. Uh, the Mean Girls Super 16 Gymnastics Championships in the week one. Um, in their session, they won, posted their second highest season opening score in program history of 197.125. And then they had their first home meet against Missouri, which they won as well. They uh, won that one 197.225 to 196.475 and then they have another one this week at home against Arkansas Friday night at 630. Tide is rolling. Yeah, just because there's no football and a new coach doesn't mean things stop completely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's still also, going on. one thing I got to say to everybody, thank you to all the listeners for putting up with two emergency low tide episodes this past week. We you previously know, had zero emergency episodes all time, well, but now we have two. You know, when you have a coach that has been steadily in place for 17 years, you know, yeah. you don't really need those Not a lot of emergency sessions. I mean, the yeah. other emergency sessions you could have made, maybe basketball a couple of years ago. But, you know, Nate Oates, we don't think he's leaving anytime soon. Hopefully not. Um, but... You know, if it was me, we would record every day. But you know, well, fitting everything from a weekend to one hour is uh, is a little rough. But hey, you know, hopefully, we don't really have any reasons for emergency sessions anymore, at least. And if Kalen DeBoer, hopefully, coaches here for a while, if he coaches for the next seventeen years, he will still be six years younger than Nick Saban when he retired. So. This could be could be here for decades. The fountain of youth. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So now I I think it's interesting. Uh, We're fine. You know, just before we go off, you know, we're finally getting towards the end of, uh, you know, all the football chaos. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, Getting into basketball season, and we we have the potential to do some fun episodes coming up. So there there could be some very interesting episodes of the Low Tide coming your way. But the only way that you'll be able to hear them is right here on 90.7 The Capstone uh, every Sunday night from 7 to 8. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. As always, you can find our show on Spotify or on voices.ua.edu. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.